This is HPR episode 1881 entitled, My Road to Linux, and is part of the series, How I Found Linux. It is hosted by Clacky, and is about 15 minutes long. The summary is, I'm so old I actually installed Watchtower on an Amiga, and I review 22 years of Linux distributions. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everyone, I'm Klacke and this is my road to Linux. I'm uh, recording this on my phone as I'm walking to the bus and wise from my experience last time, I'm (laughs) holding it like you would when you make an actual phone call. So I hope the sound quality will be better this time. Also this time I'm not going to do a proof of concept and try to do everything on the phone. I'm going to record it now because I'm available, uh, I have the time slot, but I'm going to do the rest of the stuff on the computer and I'm actually going to verify the sound quality before I commit this to the upstream. So my path to Linux, my road to Linux started. I guess you could say it started when I got my uh, Amiga. I was an Amiga OS at the time, of course. But it was about the same year that I started engaging in internet stuff. That was 1992, and I had dial-up to a Linux account in a small town uh, a couple of miles north of where I was living. In those days, you had to care about what area code you were calling because there were different rates depending on the area code. So I couldn't dial the dial-up too far away. So they were using Linux and I was using the command line just like like I would any of the BBSs I had been using before. But after a while I started to feel limiting and I knew there were Amiga applications that could use a real TCP IP connection and the way you did that back then was you still dialed into the dial-up and then you started a command on the command line that would start sending and receiving uh, PPP traffic. I think it was PPP, maybe there was some other protocol used at the time as well. Anyway, the application was Slurp with an I and so you had to write a sort of uh, chat script on the Amiga side to dial in and connect, or maybe I used my normal terminal to dial in and connect, and then once you were connected and you had run the command, then you switched over to the TCP IP stack to to talk to the serial line from that point on. 
So this became kind of tedious and there weren't that many programs available for the Amiga. So I started looking into running the same operating system on my side as that which was running on the upstream, uh, on my modem upstream. So I found uh, Linux N68K and I think that Linux actually at least compiled on Motorola 68000 but it uh, it didn't work too well so Amiga or sorry Linux N68K was uh, a sort of fork of Linux that had a lot of patches that made it run better on uh, on that platform and the distribution you used at the time was Watchtower and it wasn't a distribution it was a tarball and you just untarred it to your root partition and boom you had the binaries there and from that point on if you wanted something more you had to <clears throat> download the source code compile it yourself and this was when I first saw the term Debian because some some commands or programs that I wanted it was difficult to find the original source or that site was down at the moment or it was too slow and then there was usually uh, another source available. There was this hierarchy of packages and they were called weird things like command-version.org.targz and I, I didn't really care much what this was about. I just, okay, I can get the source from here, so I downloaded that. What I didn't know at the time was I could have just switched over to Debian for M68K because that actually existed at the time but I went on and I <laughs> compiled that stuff from the Debian source even though I wouldn't have had to if I'd known better and uh, the Amiga was also my path into a little bit of kernel development although we never upstreamed it during high school a friend and I did as our we had a sort of thesis project at the end and what we did then was we uh, made sure that the serial drivers for PC serial would work on my Amiga because I had a bridge card so it was possible to access an ESA bus on the Amiga so we patched the kernel here and we patched it there and we just in some ugly way defined the way some of the commands that in in the uh, original i386 case they were actually uh, uh, processor instructions in, in assembler to directly access the ports of the CPU but we uh, made them into uh, functions instead which made some memory writes because on the Amiga everything was memory mapped including the ESA bus when, with the bridge card so we did that and we had my Amiga running in the basement uh, of the high school as a terminal to the PC which actually had uh, a real Ethernet connection coax of course uh, to the internet I think the, the high school had a 64 kilobit line and uh, we connected over the serial port to the PC which shared that 64k line with some uh, some of the the high school's computers
and, uh, and during this project I also learned about Linux on the PC. I installed uh, Slackware 96 on the PC I got at a time, so by this time the Amiga was more of a special interest. I, I kept it because it was working and it was fun to play with, but my primary computer was now a PC running Slackware. And uh, that computer kept running Slackware until I found Debian for real, not just as this mysterious name that ended up in, in certain source code uh, tarballs, but actually this is a distribution, you can install it. And so I did, and it was awesome. Coming from Slackware it was great. It took care of a lot of stuff for you, and it had a more... It imposed some structure on the wild and anarchic uh, Linux flora. And uh, the, the packaging system, of course, is, is what everyone loves about Debian. You could apt get, and it would pull down uh, dependencies, and uh, you could remove packages, and it was all great. But then the, the speed of the Linux ecosystem started to accelerate and the Debian system couldn't quite keep up, so started running testing and then some packages were still not in the version I would expect, so it run a, a lot of apt pinning and an unholy mix of stable and testing and unstable. And then finally just giving up and running an unstable. And that was working out okay, but there was uh, a need for someone to, to go in and put some uh, polish on this. So the idea with Debian was that any kind of package that does solve problem X, that package would be in there, and then it would be up to you to pick whichever package you preferred that solved X in, in the way that you liked it to. So then I think it was uh, Bruce Perens who said, okay, this is all great, Debian has everything, but how about we focus a bit and we try to not have everything, but instead make some choices for the user, like we're going to have a GNOME desktop, we're going to use uh, cups for printed drivers, we're going to have ABC for problem XYZ, and we're going to use uh, Postfix for mail server or whatever and uh, focus on getting those selected components working well together so he tried to gather together a couple of different Linux distributors and tell them that hey if we all cooperate we start with Debian we we create a focused uh, effort based on Debian and then everyone can uh, derivate from that and create their commercial Linux distributions with some additional focus on solving some specific kind of uh, user problem. But that didn't quite turn out and it all, all petered out. But then Mark Shuttleworth sold his uh, certificate authority for a couple of hundred million dollars and he figured, hey, I built this on Debian, uh, 
and that was great and I want others to be able to do the same thing so I'll do what user Linux couldn't and I'll hire people to do it so that was all great and you got the Debian unstable versions up to date with all the software but it was produced as a sort of a whole and integrated to work in the best way together so the first Ubuntu version was released in 2004 and I jumped on it immediately and it was awesome of course things have changed since then Mark's hundreds of millions of dollars are starting to run out and he's trying to find some way to make this work in the long term and that has led to some really uh, diplomatically I would say unfortunate choices so uh, a lot of people including me are seriously considering or have already moved back to Debian because there's not that much difference between them anymore everything done in Ubuntu of value has migrated back into Debian and some of the not so good choices that Ubuntu has made <coughs> have stayed out of Debian so Debian today is a pretty good choice but then again if your computer just works and you like tinkering with your computer when something is stable and it just works then it's time to move on so now I'm looking into uh, the new hot thing in my world at least which is GUIX and uh, GUIX doesn't yet have a GNOME desktop so but it's coming soon so um, I'm not running this on a physical computer yet but my primary VMs on my work computers are now a Nixos which has GNOME and is the similar philosophy as GUIX uh, and also the basis that GUIX derived from and then I'm running GUIX as the package manager on top of that system and I think that sort of rounds it up from the start to where I am today see you next time I get something done my name is Klacke and you can find me on the social federation on the Pump.io network uh, microcast slash Klacke that's microca with c's dot st slash c-l-a-c-k-e and on the GNU social network at quitter.se slash clacke that's quitter.se slash c-l-a-c-k-e see you on the federation You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HPR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound, 
and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.